Hello, this is Ollie here, and you're listening to the second part of the How's Out the Cricket Podcast's one year special. Following on from part one, where we spoke to Macy Gibson and Sarah Coit, this episode we are joined by Ella Hayward and Georgia Redmayne, which is just as exciting, obviously. Georgia Redmayne was our first interview together, which is super exciting to re-chat to her half a year later. So that is what's coming up uh, right now. From one renegade, we can now go on to another. She's currently out representing Australia at the moment, the Under-19s World Cup. So we hope that goes well for her. But we've got another renegades player in Ella Hayward and another early one on the podcast. One I wasn't there for originally and sadly couldn't be there for the, the reuniting one either. So um not a great look for me, but obviously a wonderful player, wonderful person, and great to have her back on again. Yeah, no, it definitely was brilliant. Um, Ella, obviously, we're quite similar in age. You know, she talks about when she was finishing school, I was finishing school, so everything was quite, you know, relatable in a way. Um, and to, to see her playing for Australia was amazing. And watching her kind of progress over the year has been fantastic, obviously, from watching her play for Victoria in the WNCL, play for the Renegades, play for Victoria in the under-19 championships and then secure her spot to South Africa has been incredible. So we talk all about that with Ella. So have a listen now. Well, thanks for joining me again. It's good to have you back. No worries. Um, Very good to be back. Yeah, so just to recap, now the last time we spoke was around about March, I think it was. So it's been it's been quite a few months. So um, the WNCL had just kind of kicked off again, I think, or, or there was like a pause and then it started up again. So yeah. what's what's happened since then for you? There's been quite a bit of cricket. So so yeah, over the past couple yeah. of past couple of months, a year really, what's what's been happening for you? Yeah, it's been quite quite busy um, this year. Obviously, been good to not have any kind of interruptions with COVID. Or COVID or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's been a busy, busy season. So, I had a bit of club cricket um, in WNCL, which is good. Um, and then went into the Big Bash um, with the Renegades, which is awesome. Um, had a great time with them as always. And then um, also had my under 19 national championships. Um, so, just have have had those competitions and, yeah, I've been playing lots of cricket, which has been really good. Yeah, so let's let's kind of go step by step throughout the ones that have happened so far. Mm. The WNCL started and then it paused for Big Bash. So what's it been like this year with the Victorian team? There's been a couple of captaining changes with Meg Lining having a break from cricket and all of that. So how have you found it with the the Victorian group? Yeah, it's been good as always. Like we we had a really good preseason. It was good to have a full preseason um, at home and and actually getting to train lots and and have a normal kind of schedule and preseason, which has been good. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. It's always it's always a good uh, group, um, and it's been good to kind of have the Aussie girls around early on as well and and learn a bit off them and get to play with them. Um, personally, just mainly been focusing on kind of playing whatever role I'm needed to in, in that team if I'm playing. So, um, yeah, only only bowled a few overs, but it's still been a good learning experience and um, got to yeah get a got a lot out of out of preseason and and worked on a couple of new things. So that was really really good and um yeah I love I love playing with the Vicks. Um, so yeah, super good to kind of play a few games uh, leading into Big Bash. Well, that's it. So 
there was only a couple of games before Big Bash started, so it's it's mm. gonna all kick off now, isn't it? You've got lots of lots more games to come. So I think with the WNCL, the, yeah. the best is a uh, the best is yet to come. But you mentioned Big Bash there, so obviously playing for the Renegades, you you signed on for quite a few years now, so you you're with that group for yeah. quite some time. So how have you found this season? It, it probably wasn't maybe the the ideal season where where you placed mm. overall, but overall, how how was the the tournament this year? As a whole, it was, it was a great tournament. Like, I, I love Big Bash and it's a really, really cool thing to be a part of. Like, the players you play against and get to play with and obviously having all new internationals this year um, was was different, but it, they were all really, really great and, um, yeah, had an awesome time um, getting to, to play with them and, and playing with a few new players. We had quite a big list change, it felt like, and a lot of new players, which I think was was good for our list. And I, I think early on it probably didn't go our way, so it was kind of hard to build a bit of momentum, but it was good to, like, finish well um, and, and have a few wins at the end there. Um, and it felt like we were actually playing the cricket we knew we were kind of capable of. Um, obviously unlucky with, with Soph's injury towards the end of the season and things like that. But um, we had a really, really good group and, and off the field, we all had a really good time. And yeah, obviously other things like we did have a few COVID interruptions. So it was like a tough season for us. But um, I thought given the circumstances, like we we all stuck together pretty well and um, had a good time regardless. So Hopefully next year we can get a few more wins on the board and um, hopefully just build upon what we what we finished on at the end there. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned there, you know, it's been quite a it was quite a change of team this year. So do you feel like maybe mm. you've got that kind of bonding season out of the way, and now that you're all you're all there, and hopefully you know it's going to kind of stick together next year. Do you think that's that's put you in good stead for the upcoming season, maybe next year? Yeah, I I think so. I think I I know uh, we've got a fair, we've got a pretty similar list now, and we've we've locked in a few more players for a couple of years, which is really really good. So, I think to get that like foundation season and, and get to know each other and kind of build that foundation, and then hopefully kind of just build upon that next season. And and yeah, it, but it was still good. Like it's good, obviously meeting new players, and um yeah, everybody was super great. So it was still a really good experience, and and hopefully we can just build on that and what we've got from from this season yeah definitely um and you mentioned there as well about internationals they had yeah a couple of new players come in I know there was Chamari Atapatu was with the Scorchers uh before and and you had Hayley Matthews as well so obviously they were probably more on the the batting side and you being a a bowler but was there anything in particular that you maybe learned from them or yeah did you enjoy being within their company yeah 100 percent. they were all great um Shabnam Ismail as well was was really yeah. good she was great value as, as a human and um yeah they were oh if you ask them anything like they were happy to talk to you about it and at the end there I think I learned a lot a lot of um Hayley with her captaincy at the end there like the way she kind of went about it she's very cool calm collected character which is good to kind of see and um yeah again learn a bit of spin bowling stuff with her and just like kind of watched how to how she went about things in the nets which was good um but yeah no they were great value and it was good to see them like a few of them had good performances Chamari had a couple of runs early on and um Hayley was was good for us at bits and pieces with the ball so um yeah it was good to kind of just see them go about things and and get to know them as people as well off the field which was really fun yeah for sure that's good and just out of curiosity who were you going for in the uh the big bash final Oh, great question. Um, oh, look, it was it was tough, but I was going for the strikers um, there. I thought they had a 
I thought they um, had a really good season. So I thought they kind of, um, yeah, deserved to kind of um, have that redemption as well from from last year in the final. And I thought they had a really good year. So I thought it was cool to kind of see them get up and, and finish it off. And they, they played really well in that final. So, yeah, it was good to see. Mm. And obviously, like, you know, there's there's been talks about with the Sixers being the top team, they've won quite a bit. Yeah. I guess for you being you know, in a Melbourne team, and I'm just curious, is is yeah. the Sixers like are they I wouldn't say hated but are they the team which everyone kind of just just wants to be like they're the the team yeah that, yeah <laughs> yeah I would say I would say I'm, I would say the Heat and the, the Sixers are probably the two teams that like people just really enjoy beating like yeah. yes you have like so obviously if obviously the Renegades like you absolutely have to beat the Stars like you're like that like that's <laughs> just a given but in terms of like the whole comp I think yeah those two teams are just like teams you just love love to beat um yeah so it would have been a good good feeling for the strikers that's for sure yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah so then after big bash now that was when the the under 19 championships happened now you were with uh vic metro now can you tell me just a bit about this tournament um how it went for you because it went well personally for you um so yeah talk us yeah. through that tournament a bit yeah, so the under nineteen nationals, um, I got to play for Vic Metro. We play, we play a mix of T twenties and one day games. So we played like I think it was like four, like five or six T twenties, and then we played a, a few one days as well. Um, and then yeah, top two teams playing a final. So we ended up finishing third or fourth. I'm pretty sure. Um, I got to captain the side, which was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, just um. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Like the one-day format, um, I played pretty well at that um, and was lucky enough to, to make a few runs there in the one-day format. Um, and then the T20 was obviously good because um, we've got the T20 World Cup coming up. So um, they were really looking at, at players for that. Um, but, yeah, I was pretty pretty proud of how the girls went. We had quite a young team. Um, so it was super good to kind of, for my last year, because this was my last year of under-19s, to, to captain them and, um, yeah, teach them a few things. Obviously, being a contracted player, you're looked at as kind of a senior player and uh, a few of the girls look up to you, and I was aware of that. So, um, yeah, it was good to kind of, yeah, just be there for them and, and be a leader to them and um, win a few games. And then, yeah, they, they picked me on the 19s team and, um, yeah, it was leading run scorer for the tournament, which was really nice um, to kind of just have that accomplishment. And, uh, yeah, had a really good time. It was good. Uh, that's brilliant. And and you mentioned that you said, oh, yeah, yeah. I made a few runs. If that's that's an understatement. You made <laughs> 100, which I think is pretty yeah. incredible. Um, now, you yeah. obviously mentioned that, you know, you, you secured your place in the Australian team, Australia under-19s team. Now, obviously that, that would have helped, but do you feel like maybe you being part of the Renegades and, you know, playing well for them and, and for Victoria, that that helped you get that ticket to South Africa, I guess? Yeah, 100%. So they, they've definitely mentioned before that they don't look at just the, the tournament, the under-19s. They kind of look at the whole picture. So they're looking at uh, young girls who are playing in Big Bash or playing the WNCL or um, even just your, your local club cricket. They're looking at that too. So, um, yeah, definitely I think all facets of cricket kind of helped with that selection. But obviously it was good to still perform in the under-19s um, for my last year and kind of um, do well in my age group. But definitely 100% those other competitions played a role in that and um yeah I'm super looking forward to it and it's going to be a lot of fun I think yeah well it's it's pretty amazing because obviously you're going to be representing Australia so when did you find out after that you'd been selected was it very soon after the the championships and if so you know what was going through your mind were you, were you excited for it and and all that 
Um, yeah, it's funny. So they actually announced it at the end of the tournament. So they announced it at the at the presentation right at the end, and they actually like read it out in in alphabetical order. Um, so I was a bit nervous when they got to my last name. <laughs> um, yes, I was super excited. Like obviously, like I'm pretty happy with how I went in in the season. So I knew if I, um, you know, did enough, I I deserved to be there. So I was definitely excited, but also very nervous because you you want to make that team and. Um, you know, yes, there's, you know, personal things you want to achieve, but, um, you know, like it's a, it's a cool experience to get to go and do that and represent your country. So, um, so yeah, to hear my name called out, it was a bit of a relief and a, a really good feeling. And, um, yeah, I feel super lucky to get to go away into another country and experience um, something a bit different and, and get to represent Australia. Yeah, definitely. And I guess talking about like Australian women's cricket now, the the main Australian women's team have set quite a legacy with winning, I think. Uh, you know, they've they've set yes. a really good really good standard. Now, I guess you as as the under-19 Australia women's team, do you feel like you have to fulfill a role to to also win to you know show that it's not just the Australian main team that can do it, like and the next generation yeah. can win that as well? Yeah, 100%. Like they've, they've said, like the coaches have said to us, like obviously our aim is to go over there and, and win. And I think we all know kind of what the senior team is like and we all want to kind of live up to that expectation of, you know, we can do that too. And um, it's definitely going to be tough and there's some really tough teams and some really quality players that are going to get to play in that under-19s team. So it's going to be really interesting um, to kind of experience that. But I think, um, yeah, we do. I think we've got a really good team. So hopefully we, we kind of gel well and um, can play our best cricket and, and hopefully live up to those expectations and, um, yeah, hopefully do the best we can for, for our country. Yeah, and do you guys know when you're, because it's got to be soon, right? You're flying out soon, I'd say. Have you met up all with each other as a group? Have you had a couple of training sessions? If so, how has that kind of been for you so far? Yeah, so we've done a few like online sessions um, just with a bunch of information and essentially we fly out on the 3rd of January um, to meet up in, in Sydney. We all meet together there and we um, spend a day or so there kind of doing training and um, meetings and kind of just catching up with each other and, and getting to know each other a little bit. And then we've got uh, 22 hours of flying to get through. So um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of team bonding along there with a bit of boredom. <laughs> but um, yeah, then we, we fly out there and um, yeah, um, yeah, 22 hours, so 14 hour flight to Doha and then Doha to Johannesburg in South Africa. And um, yeah, then we have a couple of days off and then straight into training. So we've got quite a decent period where we get to just train and have practice games. So that'll also kind of be a bit of time to just adjust to um, living in a different country and, and playing with each other. Yeah, that sounds good. So in the group stages, you'll be playing against Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and USA, who obviously like we don't know too much about the under 19s teams really we only know that they've got mm. national teams and I think the USA women's national team are mostly under 19s players um which is yeah. going to be quite interesting so obviously Australia being such a big cricketing nation going up against teams like these yeah. I think it's super interesting so so have you had many thoughts about that and if so you know how are you feeling um, being in a group with these teams rather than you know ones like England for example yeah it's interesting um I've definitely thought the same thing like the, the concept of obviously like even like in India like the fact that you know um Shafali Verma and Risha Gosh are playing in their in their team like it's it's so different to us where obviously we don't have um many that are under 19 that are or any we that 
you know, playing our senior team. So it's obviously going to be a different experience and they kind of are used to like international cricket um, in the the open age group. So it's going to be interesting to kind of come up against those players. And um, yeah, it's just going to be a different experience, but I think it's um, one that's really exciting and it'll be like really good quality cricket. So to kind of have that challenge, I think will be really good for all of us players that are going over there and um, will be a really cool learning experience for for our cricketing journeys. So I think it's going to be really cool. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just like interested to see what it's going to be like playing other countries and, and people from all other other t- teams and um, ages. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, well, we've interviewed quite a few people from all different countries. So it's going to be super interesting. Like everyone's looking quite strong, to be fair. And it's going to be a really good tournament, I think. Yeah. Um, everyone's got yeah. quite a run for their money. But um, yeah, do, would you say that there's anything maybe specific that you're that you're really looking forward to about that tournament at all? Yeah, I think I think mainly playing in a different country. Like I'm interested to see what it's kind of like conditions wise and like all that type of stuff. Like you, you kind of hear about how it can be different in, in subcontinents and things like that. But to actually like experience playing cricket somewhere else will be a lot of fun. I've, I've played pretty much all around Australia now. So to kind of get that different experience will be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, getting getting a bit of opportunity if, if I get any, like hopefully... Um, we'll get to play a bit of a role for the team, um, particularly hopefully with the ball, but um, hopefully with the bat as well. Um, been training a fair bit leading up to this. So, yeah, just hoping to see what what's on offer and hopefully get some opportunity and, and yeah, play some good cricket with, with a different group of girls. And, um, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, it's going to be super exciting and I think everybody's really excited to see how it goes. But um, I guess just next, like for you, is is this the main thing that you're, that's it? well, it, it's very soon. So I'm, I assume it'd be the, the thing that's kind of just playing in your mind, like the next thing you're pre- preparing for. But after that, yeah. is there, there anything that, that's coming up for you that you're really looking forward to cricket wise? Or is it mainly just this that you're focusing on? For now, just this I'm focusing on, but but coming back, um, I'm looking forward to kind of WNCL and what that looks like. Um, obviously, I don't think we'll have the Aussie players when I come back. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what our, our setup looks like and, and what's on offer there. Um, and even um, there's the Imparja Cup, which is the Indigenous Cricket Cup, um, which I'm looking at potentially playing in. Um, not 100% sure just based on kind of how big the season is, but um, if I'm available and it's something that I'm, I'm wanting to do, then um, that's something I'll have my eyes on and would, would love to get to do. It's a, it's a really awesome trip and, and a lot of fun. So um, a couple of exciting things to look forward to. And um, obviously club cricket, my, my team's playing pretty well at the moment. So hopefully we can get into finals and, and hopefully go back to back this year, which would be awesome. But um, yeah, lots of exciting things ahead. But um, yeah, currently just, just really looking forward to, to that World Cup and seeing what's, how, how it goes. Yeah, so there's lots quite upcoming for you then yeah. and lots to look forward to like you mentioned but yeah um it's been brilliant to see you know how, how you've been over the past year great to see you making progress with your cricket and and like it's you know it's all paid off because you've you've made this Australian under 19 team so it's, it's been brilliant to see you um over this year but yeah thank you thanks for jumping on again and thanks for chatting to me all the best no for, for the under 19s yeah no worries thanks for having me
so that was Ella Hayward. Obviously, she's doing amazing things at the moment, and her best cricket, even though she's doing amazing things, is still ahead of her 100%. So great chat to her, as always. So now to move on to the fourth and final mini interview of the podcast, and probably the most special one, I think, for us as a pair, given that it was our first one. Um, we had some, what would you call it, teething issues during the podcast where we were sort of stepping on each other's toes a little bit, um, you know, not sure when to ask questions, what time, you know, anything like that. And, you know, from then to now, obviously, it's built quite a lot. So this is a nice one to go back to. And obviously, Georgia, just bona fide, dead set legend. So great to have her back on the podcast, someone who has really made how's that what it is. So uh, here is Brisbane Heat star, Queensland star, hopefully future Australia star, Georgia Redmayne. First of all, welcome back. It's brilliant to have you back again. You're obviously a super special uh, interviewee on the podcast because you were mine and Ollie's first interview together. When he joined the podcast, you were the first interview we did. So um, it's a little commemorative one. So um, it's brilliant to have you back a half a year later down the track. So tell us, how have you been? It's been a bit of a roller coaster since since you've joined us. So how are you and, and how have you been? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what month we actually did that interview. I think it would have been like, what, July or something? July, July. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, right kind of start of pre-season back then. So, yeah, mm-hmm. quite a few things have have happened you're right has been a bit of a roller coaster so yeah well we started the cricket season in what September got off Mm -hmm. to a flyer in for Queensland in WNCL and then yeah big bash happened so um yeah and obviously didn't end great for myself because now I'm uh, not really walking at the moment but um so yeah it certainly has a lot of things have changed since I last spoke to you guys um but yeah, just in the process of uh, rehab from a ruptured Achilles tendon at the moment. But I'm hoping to be walking in the next week or so, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, small steps at the moment, very literally. Um, small steps with crutches and getting from A to B very slowly today. So can you go back to Big Bash and, and tell us what happened? Because obviously you're playing and then you're not playing and then you're you're off and you were you know you were you were lead run scorer for most of the start of the season and then it all just kind of stopped so can you tell us through what happened there yeah the run stopped very quickly I um yeah did yeah got off to a good start had that lovely golden cap on for most of the yeah first half of the season or so and um yeah did a little hamstring strain I think in Oh, it must have been our ninth game or something like that over in Perth. I blame the six-hour flight. Um, just a, a little tweak. Had to retire hurt. Um, had like a grade two tear in my hamstring, and so I had two weeks off doing mad rehab to get back fit. So missed four four games or so, four and a half games. Um, got myself fit for the finals because I think we finished third in the end the heat we had that awful washed out game where I saw you guys at uh, Moe mm-hmm. um, finished third and um, played the striker well played the Hurricanes first at Adelaide won that what are they calling it these days the, the eliminator I think yes um, I think and so, yeah yeah they've got strange names to them yeah. um, <laughs> and then um, so made the big comeback for that game and then we had the back-to-back with the strikers um, 
So yeah, my hamstring was fine. And then I think the strikers was, was a really good game actually. Um, I think we got like 150 or so on the board um, and had a good start, got a couple of early wickets. Um, and then D-Dot came out and just started hitting sixes. So um, the next over, I think, well, obviously hit, I don't know how many she hit at that point, three or four sixes. We were getting a little bit concerned that, you know, the strikers might be, might be on their way here. And um she nicked one behind. I took the catch, got very excited because of the situation of the game and maybe a bit too excited because I snapped my Achilles tendon in, in the uh, celebration slash appeal. So yeah, I was down on the ground, um, got back up, thought I could keep playing, keep wicket keeping. Um, unfortunately, the physio convinced me to come off for a couple of overs just to properly assess it and turned out I'd ruptured the whole tendon. Um so yeah, that was kind of end season right there, which is a bit of a shame. And then we lost the game just to to rub it in and make this worse, I think. But yeah, it was um a bit of a roller coaster, big bash, I guess. Like yeah, personally, kind of going through pretty well at the start. Um, well, like hitting runs at least. And yeah, we'd been going quite well. And yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I think we we had good good feeling in our team, and um, we had a really good list. And yeah, it's sad that we couldn't make it to the final um but yeah well done by the strikers in the end to to beat the sixes on their home on their home turf so yeah it's um it's been a bit different watching cricket games uh for a while i've i've never really been in the the rehab uh group before never been in the injury bench so yeah having two injuries in the one season was was interesting um so yeah adjusting to having to watch from the sidelines has has certainly been an experience um, and hopefully one I don't have to do for much longer. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all hoping that that's the case because it, it is absolutely horrible. It was horrible seeing you go down with the injury and it must be really annoying watching games from the sidelines. Is it sort of annoying knowing that you can't be out there playing or do you just find a little bit of enjoyment watching it as a fan maybe? Or, or what's that actually like? Yeah, it's hard. Like I think Someone was like, oh, there must be some kind of enjoyment of like going there and you don't have to worry. You can just enjoy it as a fan. And I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Like the morning of the game, you don't really have like those nerves or anything. You just rock up. And then once the game starts and the first ball's bold, like I just, it's just that feeling you just want to contribute. Um, I think for me, like kind of, I'm always in the game, like as a wicketkeeper, every ball you're in the game and like opening the batting, like, you know, you feel like you can contribute to every game. So it's, I think it's, it's a big change going to going off the field and having absolutely no control at all um so yeah that was probably the biggest adjustment just um trying to find ways where I can still feel useful I think um the the game where I did my hamstring and was pulled off the field by our physio um because I wasn't going to retire myself um I was sitting on the sideline on the bench I'm like oh I've got to like I kept saying like oh send me out I'll go and pinch hit the last couple of overs or something but um yeah, I think they kind of plonked me on the bench and I'm like, okay, well, fine. I'll do the fielding stats on the iPad or something. Just give me something to do so I don't have to think about being yeah. injured and not playing. So, yeah, trying to help out the the coaching staff on the sideline where I can, I suppose, and and obviously just helping the players out um, where I can kind of off the field. Yeah, and, and I mean, talking about that game against the strikers, if we go back to that now, you obviously went off in such a crucial time. You know, it was the second innings. It was that they needed quite a few to win. It wasn't looking like the strikers were going to do it. But you going mm-hmm. off and then Ellie Johnson, I think it is, who, who comes in and obviously had been quite young, wouldn't have like too much experience playing big bash cricket. And you knowing that there's nothing you can do about that game. You know, you've, you've 
you're off, you, you can't keep anymore. What was going through your head during that moment? And, you know, do you know what the, what was the talk when you were coming off, Ellie was going on? Yeah. What was all that like? <laughs> I just remember lying on the ground afterwards because but I went down before I saw the umpire put his finger up and I just remember being like lying on the ground being like JJ did he give it out like she nicked it we've got a review we've got a review like I'm lying on the ground like calm like absolutely sniper just saying we need to use DRS if he hadn't given it and she's like of course he gave it out right now. so like <laughs> um and then I remember getting off the field and obviously I had our physio and the doctor who's appointed to the ground was like attending to me and doing the assessment and it was pretty obvious pretty clearly after they did a proper assessment that had ruptured my Achilles but I think so Ellie um, had gone onto the field and I think there was a ball that came up and hit her on the head um, and part of the protocol is that the um, the you know you have to have the concussion assessment doctor's got to come on but like everyone was in the room with me so I think the strikers team physio had to come out and do the assessment because they were just so short of medical stuff because I'd been taking up all their time obviously but there was a lot of chaos I think initially in that first like overall two because there's a lot of stuff going on and poor Ellie took a bad bounce from the outfield but um yeah it was it is a bit chaotic I think and like me on the sideline like trying to crane my head to look up at the tv whilst I'm on the physio bed to see what was going on um and then all that drama happened it was yeah very chaotic and then I remember once I kind of got off and I got some crutches and I'm sitting down watching the rest of the game I'm like well you know we're still in a pretty good position like they need nines I think or so and they hadn't hit a boundary in a few overs I remember Jess Kerr was bowling really well and I'm like you know what you know like we should like, we should still win this. We should still win this. Like we're in a good position. Mm -hmm. um, B dots out. I can't remember. Oh, Wolvart. I think we'd given her about five chances at, by that point. Um, but she was batting and I think Bridget Patterson had just come in and um, hadn't quite got going yet. But yeah, she certainly got going in the office after, which was a bit of a shame. But I remember coming off and being like, oh, you know, we're still in a pretty good position. Like Wolvart's not really getting going. She's giving us lots of chances and um yeah in the end they they got the job done and yeah Bridget batted really well um to get them over the line there so yeah it's quite heartbreaking watching on the sideline to be honest like I knew I knew that I wouldn't be playing the next game but um yeah it's kind of it's kind of tough to see when we've done a lot of hard work and we started off so well in that innings like we got um Katie Mack out early which is a huge win and um got T-Mac out early and and then we got D-Dot after she kind of caused a bit of a scare so yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Like, um, I think, you know, Ellie's been thrown in the deep end a few times this season with, with me being injured. Um, she's only recently kind of taken up wicketkeeping. So it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly been throwing her into the deep end. She's kind of had a couple of club games and done a few practice matches. But, yeah, going straight into Big Bash is, is quite a challenge, especially with, um, you know, keeping for the likes of Millie Kerr is one of the probably most challenging but most rewarding I think parts of my big bash I love keeping to her but yeah it's certainly not easy at times so yeah I think you know she's someone who you know takes the challenges head on and we love that attitude from her so yeah it was it was tough to watch um the girls having to try to get the job done and yeah unfortunately losing it in that last over was was very hard to watch it wasn't the easiest night for me to be honest yeah, and the worst thing about about this is you're having to recount one of you know those horrible events that you suffered to a strikers fan who was no doubt celebrating. 
no doubt, <laughs> no no doubt celebrating for the rest of the night. <laughs> you uh, probably off like, yeah, she's off. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It was genuinely like one of the most bittersweet things because obviously, like, yes, I've grown up being a Strikers fan, but having to watch you and like, obviously, so you could see how disappointing it was for you. And like afterwards, when everyone came off and shook your hand, I was like tearing up. I was like, don't cry. Don't cry. It was so it was so bittersweet, honestly. But um, it was easier against the Sixers, easier to watch. But that game against the Heat was definitely, definitely yeah. a tough one. Yeah, I remember the coaching staff were all like, do not, I'm like, I've got to go shake their hands. Like, do not go shake their hands. You can't walk. Because I didn't have crutches at that point because they were trying to locate some crutches. And I think I ended up bullying one of our assistant coaches. I'm like, no, I've got to go shake their hands. It's not sportsmanlike to not do it. So he carried me out onto the field, which was really <laughs> nice. So I think yeah. I got most of them. But um, yeah, that was, it was, uh, it was a tough night, that one. Um, the, the worst part was because we were at the ground for a few hours afterwards um just as a group having a couple of drinks not me because I was injured but um getting back to the hotel was about 2 30 a.m my my room key didn't actually work in the hotel so I was locked out of my room all night as well just to top off you know one of the best days of the year um I couldn't I couldn't get back into my hotel room so that was that was great I had so, to in a physio's room oh <laughs> And then um, catch, a flight, catch an early flight the next morning and couldn't pack up any of my stuff because I couldn't get into my room. So it was a bit of a dramatic 24 hours for me, which was a bit of a whirlwind. But um, it's certainly kind of funny to look back on that. Just nothing went right for me that day. Mm. Sometimes the world just hates you, doesn't it? Sometimes the world just find way, finds ways just to just to hate you. It's, it's not ideal whatsoever. But I, this is the one thing that I sort of wondered. Obviously, it was a different injury, the hamstring, uh, the first, and then the, the second one, you know, later down the line, it wasn't a hamstring. So it wasn't like you re-aggravated the same injury. Um, but do you sort of regret, you know, rushing yourself back to trying it fit for the finals? Or, or if you had your time again, is that something you would have you would have done 10 times over just to try and get yourself back? Probably 10 times over. I'm not missing a finals game. Um <laughs> I think I tried to get back earlier, to be honest. I was, yeah, probably quite annoying on the sidelines, trying to get back as soon as I could. And I I don't think it was related. Like, it was my right hamstring, um, and it, it felt fine. Like, it didn't hurt at all. And then the left Achilles. So, like, it's hard to know. Like, Achilles are so random um, from what I've heard and read. Like, I've had a bit of tendinopathy in it for years, and it actually had gotten better, but... Um, yeah, I think it just random when it's when it's your day, it's your day. Um, and it just snaps, which is, you know, it's one way to look at it. It's quite nice to know that, you know, it's a bit random, but it's, yeah, like I think, yeah, I'd definitely get back for that final game. I'm not someone to sit out and, and let the cricket happen. So, yeah, look, I'll probably be pushing to get back from this as quick as possible too, to be honest, but, you know, within reason, of course. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just hate, I hate sitting on the sideline watching. I like to be out there in the middle. Yeah, and just on that quickly, what is the time frame? Do you know the time frame yet? I don't know you said before you're taking very literal little steps. Are you even thinking about cricket at this point? Are you even thinking about a return or is it just the getting the smaller things ticked off first before you think about a return to playing? Oh, I think about return to play every day. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, so how long? Like, and I think, you know, I saw the physio, I'm like, how long? And then the surgeon, how long? And um, yeah, I think initially they were like, oh, 
six to nine months. So I took that as four and a half months. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, probably not for Achilles. You got to be a bit more, bit more reasonable. But um, it was really nice. Um, our our physio and SNC arranged. We went to the QAS, um, met up with the Olympic steeplechaser who did her Achilles at Tokyo last year, and just to get an idea of kind of what type of rehab she did and. Um, get a bit of a picture in my mind which is really cool and discussing with athletes I guess from from different sports and she was saying she was fine after five or six months so I think that probably scared the physio a bit too much she's like now be reasonable that's probably a bit too soon for you um you don't you do more than running in a straight line so um yeah look I'm kind of optimistically six months but maybe more reasonably a bit later but um yeah that that's the rest of it the Aussie season anyway so yeah, I'm kind of, I'll see how I go, but yeah, I'll probably try to try to see if I could go for that six months, but if not, maybe a few more months. Yeah. Well then, so after that, that Australian season kind of ends, then does that mean you'll be looking to play elsewhere when it's not cricket season here and going over? Is that something that you've even kind of, that's crossed your mind thinking, right, I haven't, I've got like another, you know, half a year to wait until I could start cricket here again. So yeah, what what's next for you after that? Do you think? Do you have any like future? I know last last time we chatted to you, we talked about future goals, and they may have changed a little bit since then. But you know what what's on the cards for you in terms of that? Yeah, like I think. Well, I had had plans to go to the Fairbreak International again. Um, unfortunately, that's in I think so that'll be too soon for me so mm-hmm. I put my name in the auction for the for the IPL but that'll be off the cards so like there's it's so exciting I guess at the moment there's all these kind of tournaments popping up which would be really cool to try to put your name in and, and see what happens see if you get picked up but um yeah that option's kind of taken away from me now but um yeah like I think well best case scenario like as I was saying would be kind of June July and I think that's kind of when the ashes slash Aussie I, I think there's talk of like an Aussie or Ash and well, the Ashes obviously is going ahead. Um, try to see if I could get fit and put myself available for selection for that um, would be probably the first one, which might be a little bit optimistic, but you know, something to work towards. And then, yeah, try to put my name out there for the hundred potentially as well. I think that's in August. So that would probably be a pretty reasonable timeline I just want to play games of cricket so wherever there's games of cricket I'll I'll probably be trying to chase trying to get a spot but um yeah and then I think our season will start in September I'm assuming so I should definitely be all right by then um and just try to see if I can get any cricket in before then would would be a bonus yeah just get back fit for the ashes and get the hashtag bread man for Australia trending again yeah I think that's I think that's the (laughs) ideal scenario that's the ideal scenario when's when's the test match get me there yeah. I mean it's yeah it was obviously thriving that hashtag and then unfortunately after the the finals it, it it went into a bit of a dead patch but hopefully we can bring it back again that'd be brilliant but, yeah someone can tell me I think I got a message about that I'm like oh that's really nice bless all the people on Twitter probably two two or three people but um there's more yeah. than that yeah there is there is Quite a few have got behind it, I must say. There's a big kind of women's cricket community on Twitter and quite a few people have posted on the hashtag. So, you know, you've got um, cricket Twitter in your, on your side, which is good. <laughs> yeah, like, look, that would be fantastic. I think realistically, it's probably going to be try to hard to push into a team where there's no cricket for me to play between now and then and no cricket I probably can play between now and then. But, you know, that would be a, that would be a dream come true. But, um, yeah, I think at the moment, if 
I have to see if I'm fit and then if I'm selected and then if not, just try to get lots of games in where I can and try to keep performing as well as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's obviously been, you know, like we said, it's been pretty awful to watch everything that's kind of spiraled for you over the past couple of months, I guess it's, it's not been brilliant, but um, to see that you're on the way, you know, to, to, to recovering properly is, is really exciting. And I know both Ollie and I and many others and the, the, Redmayne for Australia people are very excited to see um you know how how you're mending and how you're recovering so look it's it's good to see that you know you've got a a, a positive mindset on things when it must be pretty hard at times to stay like you know because are you at this are you at the point where you know you've, you're going through all this rehab and you've, you're injuring yourself and you how hard is it to keep such a positive mindset on things and are there times where you're thinking like is this it like you know have I got any more left in the tank what's that for you um I think I'm pretty fresh into rehab like that hamstring that I did in big bash is the first time I've ever missed a game because of injury ever like even like practice games and stuff so like I actually really liked it I'm like oh this is great like every day I'm getting a little bit more progress and I was a bit you know a bit nerdy about it just to be like oh yeah this like just each day I just like seeing like how I went um so like it is still pretty new to me like obviously this rehab's a lot longer um to put it lightly but you know it is kind of cool to see like oh this week I could do this and then that week I could do that like so I think going through that process would be fun Uh, well not fun but rewarding in a strange way um and trying to keep optimistic about it that you're only going to get better like but in saying that if I came back and did my other Achilles I think (laughs) I won't enjoy the second one as much but um yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like it's a bit frustrating at times. I think like for me kind of watching cricket games where I can't play, like the, we've had a couple of WNCL games now for Queensland. And that was something that I was really looking forward to doing, um, was going to be captaining that side throughout the back end of the season with JJ with away with Aussie duties. So obviously I haven't been able to do that. Um, and yeah, I think like with, with the, um, as well like I guess with the the Aussie team playing and everything in the World Cup like would have loved to be trying to push for selection for that um and obviously kind of been been set back a little bit without you know not being able to play WNCL games to to push my name forward for that so yeah it is it is kind of tough thinking about that side of things but you know it is what it is and I'll be doing my best to try to catch up on as many cricket games as I can when I am fit and you know trying to come back stronger and trying to keep contributing for, for the teams that I play for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, I think like we said, everyone's hoping that everything goes all well for you. And I know obviously when, when this all happened, you had loads of messages come through and and people, you know, wishing you all the best. So uh, we do as well. And obviously we hope that everything goes well in the next couple of months for you uh, to build yourself back up to playing again. But that's, that's everything we've got for today. Thank you so much for joining us again it's wonderful of you to to hop back on all the best with your recovery and yeah i must say thank you very much for getting me back again very nice to be asked to come back So that was Georgia Redmayne our final of the four interviews we have for you today but yeah I honestly have so much love for Georgia Redmayne. She's obviously been a big kind of support for our podcast throughout the the six months that you've been involved in since she's been on. So um, it's always great to catch up with Georgia. 
and I guess to see her progressing with her recovery has been good to see. Um, she still had a smile on her face throughout that entire interview. You know, you wouldn't have been able to see it, the people listening, but you definitely would have been able to hear the the joy and the passion she has about cricket, which I think was something really special. So, yeah, incredible to chat to Georgia again, and I'm sure the first of many. Uh, well, first of many, the second of many. Um, but yeah, really, really incredible to chat to her again. So that was the four mini interviews that we had for you. We really hope you enjoyed listening to them. But now we thought we would just have a little bit of fun and put together just our own little segment to to kind of wrap things up a, a little bit. Now, we decided to come up with our podcasting 11. Now, we had to come up with a few rules. So we based it on the 11 players that we think have been in best form, uh, whether it's this past season or if they're retired players when their best form was. So, yeah, we, we've made our 11s. We haven't seen our 11s yet. We've got a 12th and we've had to name a wicketkeeper and a captain. Yeah, I want you to run through yours first, Ollie. So, yeah, we've both, we haven't seen each other's 11s yet. This is going to be our first reactions to each other's 11. And let's see how similar our teams are. So whenever you're I reckon ready... That we- I reckon they'll be quite similar, but yeah. I think over in the batting, I think it was pretty cut and dry for me. It was really easy, this one. I think Matt Short has been in immense form. This big bash, he's in world-class form. And I've got a world-class player to partner him and my captain in Sophie Devine up the top. Um, I think that those two speak for themselves. Um, unfortunately for Georgia Redmayne, that forces her into it. I know she's been opening, but that forces her in at three. She'll take the gloves for me. Um, four, I've got Nicole Fulton. Five, Jess Duffin, obviously been playing AFLW the past year, but her record speaks for itself. Last minute change, so we drafted Naomi Stallenbergen at six. I think she provides a decent balance um, and is one of the, the better batters that we had available to us who could also pinch hit with the ball. Seven, Maitland Brown, much the same. Obviously, we saw what she can do with the bat. She can hit a long ball and she's a really, really good bowler when it comes to it. We had so many fast bowlers that we could talk uh, that we spoke to this year so we've had to leave a couple out which is really harsh but eight I've gone with Johan Bota I think international cricketer for South Africa top of the game I, I don't think you can argue with that um nine is Kate Cross again just legendary bowler for England I think you can't argue with that 10 Jason Gillespie again for Australia Dizzy 201 you can't really argue with that and then at 11 I really want this game to be played either in Sydney or the subcontinent because I've gone with a second spinner I've gone with Alex Hartley to round out my 11 and 12th. I've gone with Jake Weatherald, obviously got a big bash final 100. And I think with the batting stocks being, I think my my bowling, I think it, with no offence intended to the to the bats in this team, I think the bowling stocks are absolutely just, they're set. So I wanted another batter to sort of be there if need be to, to sort of to sort of come in and, and play that role of just being a batter. So um, that is my podcast 12. Very nice. Um, yeah, not too similar to mine at all, really. Really? Um, really? Yeah. yeah our, our top one is pretty similar, but lower down you get, the the, dif- the different it gets. Um, I thought that would be the case, actually, to be I fair. think our <laughs> seven to 12 yeah. are completely different. Um, really? Yeah. I've chosen the other bowlers that you haven't selected. So. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Because a, a couple... Yeah, I was going to say a couple have missed out from mine that are really unlucky. Yeah. So fair enough that you've given them the recognition. So so I'll run mine. So in at one, obviously Matt Short. Um, me, you know, you, everyone knows me. Everyone knows I'm a I'm a striker scale, and, and you can't leave Matt Short opening the batting there, especially after the past season he's had and last season as well. In at two, fellow striker Katie Mack. Um, after a WBBL championship, 
and you know doing really well for the strikers mvp the year before can't really go past it so i think that's a pretty solid opening partnership if you're opening with uh, matt and katie then at three i've got sophie divine i've named her captain i think not opening with her was tough but i think she can come in as a really solid three in at four i've got georgia redmayne who is my wicketkeeper as well um obviously based not on where she is at this current stage but she was super informed at the start of wbbl leading run scorer and made i think 98 or something like that um so yeah class player in at five i've got maddie dark based on her wncl form at the moment she's taken number five she made 133 the other day which i think you can't really go past that in at six i've got maitland brown now as we know she can like you said she can hit big i think that six coming in down in the lower order once when she they needed to win and she just smacked a six i think she'll work well in our middle order then at seven i've got hannah darlington leading into our bowlers but still can bat she's She's really good with the bat and, and she can score runs when they when they need it for the Thunder and for New South Wales. Then at eight, now this was a toss-up between two, but I put in Gemma Barsby purely because she performs really well under pressure. She's had a really good big bash, taking key wickets, captain of the Scorpions at the moment, and yeah, bowls in crucial times and her left and right arm can come in handy. Shock horror, just naming a strike as 11. <laughs> um, well, I've only got three. Yeah, I've only got three. In at nine, Lily Mills. Again, been bowling really well for Western Australia in the WNCL. She took a five for the other day. Um, and yeah, I really like the variation she offers with her bowling. In at 10, Logan Van Beek. He has also bowled really well for Wellington. Bowled really well for Wellington. He took a five for as well uh, not that long ago. So, yeah, I'd put him in. And obviously, being a, a Dutch cricketer as well, he's, he's got experience on his side, which I like. And then, finally, in at 11, I've got Sophia Smale. She has done so well over the course of the year. She had a standout, a breakout 100 season. Um, incredible bowler. Uh, uh, currently in South Africa, bowling extremely well for England. And then, in at 12th, I've got Wes Agar. Because he was going to go. It was a toss-up between him and Gemma. But I put him at 12 because I think Gemma's just had a slightly better season than he has. So that's my 12. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of when I pick the sort of the older retired players, there's a lot that have sort of missed out just you look at the likes of it was Wes Agar. I was trying to fit him in somewhere and I just couldn't quite. Um, maybe I should have done for his uh, 40 odd with the bat for Australia um in the ODI. Maybe I should have put him in there. But yeah, I, I sort of wanted to look at the players who, you know, could still do a job now. And I also really tried to think with Jason Gillespie, obviously the coach of the strikers, so he can be my player coach, you know, on-field coaching. So there's been a bit of thought put into this. Um, but but my 11 wins. My 11 wins. Oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I think I think mine is def mine's definitely got yours on youth. Um, but I think the the upcoming talent is also, I reckon, it put you, yours in a bit of a spin. I reckon some of our spinners and... And um, some of our quick bowlers would definitely catch some of yours off guard, I think, for sure. Nah, the, the experience um, that my 11's got. You're looking at Divine, top of the order. Yeah, Red me Main too. Three. <laughs> me too. Red... <laughs> I know, but I've got Red Main, I've got Divine opening the batting. You know, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure at the top of the order on Katie Mack. If you lose an early wicket, Divine at three, you're in a bit of trouble. So, you know, look. And, and then the bowling stocks. Alex Hartley's won a World Cup. Kate Cross has won a World Cup. Johan both has played at the top of the uh, top of the game for South Africa for so long. There's only so far youth can get you, and I think my experience would just get my team over the line. But in saying that, I reckon it'd be a decent game. Played at played at the SCG, two spinners would be right. 
Let's let's get it happen. Let's get it going. Let's get this game going. Let's collect oh, all oh, these really? players. <laughs> let's collect every single one of these players. Could you imagine? And see that? what happens. The house. Could at, you imagine? The, the house at the, um, the real house at Derby. This is the real one. How incredible would that be if we grow, if we manage to get all of these players in the same on the same ground? maybe we should just contact i don't know some some cricket team and say and do it as like a, a charity fundraising match you know how they've had like the bushfire ones and everything we can just I do a how you're se- i love how you're seriously contemplating this i like, want this it to happen i want of course it to happen. we all do but it's never gonna happen this would be such a it's such a rogue random team to get together like but i think it would be awesome like yeah, fly, Logan Van Beek just coming over and playing with just these young Australian like WNCL players, I think would be something else. Fly over Alex Hartley and Kate Cross. That yeah, would, <laughs> it would be amazing. But but yeah, watch this space. Twenty three, <laughs> new things coming. Stay tuned. Um, new year, new how's that? Can't can't prom- <laughs> God, this makes it sound like we're like teasing a, a big charity match we've set up. We have not set yeah. up this charity match. This is not a thing. As much as we would want it to happen, unfortunately not. But maybe yeah. we can play it on like Cricket 22 or something. Maybe we can maybe. play it on like maybe we can play it on like I don't know PlayStation or whatever and see what would actually happen. Maybe that's maybe. more that's more realistic. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Okay. Well, that was a bit of fun. Um. I still think my team will win. But anyway. Um. That just about wraps it up i think there are a couple of mentions i want to mention but a, a huge thank you goes out to every single guest that we've had over over the year um 47 guests we've had on which is just mind blowing to me um so thank you to every single guest and every single cricketer who has trusted us to share their story and who has been open and honest enough to share their story it's been wonderful to hear each and every cricketer talk about their journey and big thank you to Polly for helping me get it all up and running obviously she's been a big support throughout the entire thing I wouldn't have got it up and going if it wasn't for her motivating me to do it um and finally big thank you to you Ollie for for jumping on and obviously doing this with me um I wouldn't be able to do it alone so you know it's obviously very very appreciated that you jump on every week and um hop up at you know, at half eight in the morning to write questions and, and do interviews. It's, yeah, I know I, I probably don't express it enough, but yeah, I'm very, very thankful for everything you've done for the podcast and all the help that you've given me along the way. It's um, hugely appreciated. But thanks to my mum and dad for the, the microphone and for the, for the equipment. <laughs> Thank you to, to people who actually tune in and listen every week. Like to the people who actually interact with the podcast, and you know, we we do it for the we do it for the people we listen. Obviously, it's great to speak to these you know great cricketers, but it's the support we get, it's the messages we get that make it all worthwhile. It's you know the people that say, look, oh, you know, we really enjoyed listening to this, or or listening to so and so speak about X or Y is is you know really rewarding, and and that's the most important thing for me is the the fact that we can you know not only can we speak to people, we can actually have a a, a platform to to put these interviews out to and and that's the most important thing so you know we there's no chance we could do it without people listening um and you know we get really excited when we hit little viewer milestones or listening milestones so yeah it's you know it's one thing for us to make a podcast but it's it's all down to the people who who listen listen to it and you know give us the feedback that we need because you know there's no chance we'd be able to do it otherwise 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head there. That's you know, very, very true. And yeah, from me, thank you to everybody who who's listened. Like you said, it's yeah, it makes me very happy when people, even if it's just a small tweet saying that, you know, they, they enjoyed the episode, then that's, you know, that makes me happy because that's what we do it for. You know, we do it for the people listening. We do it for, like I said, to share cricketers stories, but for people to to be able to listen to these stories, um, which is something that that I love and I love that people can listen to it um, accompanied by by our rambling each week. So, yeah, thank you to um, thanks to everyone who's tuned in over the year and has listened in. It's definitely not the end. We've got so much more planned for next year already. Um, we've already got interviews in the bag, which are just ready to put out. So some good ones as well. Some really good ones. ones. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's yeah, it's been amazing. I think I've you know I've said so many times thank you to everybody listening. But yeah, it's it's been pretty amazing, and I'm you know pretty proud of this what this little product has turned into so far. So next week we will be back like any other week with another guest. Now, surprise, surprise, we've got another striker. It shouldn't be another surprise if you listened this far. Um, but we have spoken to Thomas Kelly, who is a, a striker's young gun and, and definitely one to watch for the future. So it's wonderful to speak to him. So stay tuned next week for that. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or TikTok at HowsAtTCP. You can send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a rating on Spotify as well, which would be greatly appreciated. But... That is all from me this week. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened. And yeah, happy one year of How's That, everybody. Happy birthday to How's That. How's that?